0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at KingsgateHobbs.com. It's about how important lives are to the Lord. And, and we, we talked about that on a Sunday even, a few Sundays ago. So the title of tonight's message is How to Win at Winning Souls. For those of you that don't, most of you know what well, what is winning a soul. Well, winning souls is leading somebody to Jesus. It's that simple. But how do you win at winning souls? Because we know that we're valuable to God. We're his creation. We're created in God's image. We know we're valuable to God. So if we're valuable to God, if I'm valuable to God, and you're valuable to God, then others are valuable to him, right? And their lives and their stories and what they've been through and, and their loved ones and, and their relationships and their finances and their kids and all the things that go into life that are tied to them. Their property, their cars, whatever. On Wednesday nights, you know, we say, I'll ask you, do you have any good news? Well, it's good news that relates to you, and that's important to God, and so it's important to me. And in the same way, souls are important to God, right? He created heaven for us. Scripture says hell was created for Satan and his fallen angels, So we know that we are important to God. We know that God has a plan for us. We know that God has not given up on us. So we know that if we're important to God and others are important to God and he's commanded us to go and share our faith with people, then we've got to be able to learn how to do that. And you say, well, what? I don't know how to do that. Well, let's start off with point one tonight. And this is really basic. This is good, though. This is really basic. You want to know how to win somebody to Jesus or get them to come with you to church or to join your connect group or to have just have an effect on their life. Look at point one tonight. Love genuinely. Did you know that people know if you're real or not? People know if you care or not. They do. They know it. They recognize it. People they recognize, most of the time people recognize if they recognize fake. Okay, I know all of y'all are just real genuine folks in here. I believe that with all of my heart. But they recognize fake. They can tell if you're being real and they can tell if you love them or you're just satisfying a requirement. They can tell if you're really interested in them. All right? Let's go to 1 John 4:7. 1 John 4:7. Look at this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes From God. My parents loved me enough to teach me and train me in the truth of the scripture. I remember as a kid, I learned Bible stories. Mom would read us Bible stories, and I learned the Bible. I was always, almost always the one that would win the Bible trivia in Sunday school because I knew my Bible stories. I loved the Bible stories and I had my favorites. And you know what I did? We had anybody remember vinyl records? I remember that I had I had somebody like they. Those those were a thing. Yeah, those were a thing. And we had them. And I ha- we had the Bible on vinyl record, So we would put it and go and it would play. And I remember I loved the story of Samson so much that I would play it so much that the record got scratched. And I still remember how it sounds in my head when it would get to the part of the story and I would hope every time that it would continue to play, but it would stick and it would skip. And I'd have to skip over it. Oh, it was heartbreaking. But here's my point. My parents loved me enough to share the truth that they had encountered about God. Now when you have, I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes tonight, but then maybe you can say ouch or maybe you can be convicted or maybe you know somebody like this. Have You ever heard people say as parents, no, I'm going to just let my kids choose for themselves. Well, they're going to be adults and they're going to choose one day. But why would you keep the truth from them? Why would you keep the truth from people you love? There's been times in life where I thought, man, I could have been more of a light to that person. And you really think about it if they pass away. You really think about that. I had a renter that I feel like I could have done more. I really do. That's under the blood of Jesus or whatever. But I had a renter one time in a house I was renting out, and he passed away. He was an old man, and he passed away in there, and he was real bitter toward God. I may have not been able to, I don't know, But I loved him. I was kind to him. I'd give him food and different things. But, man, he was just hard to talk to about God. He'd just about cuss. You start talking about church and stuff. And so I didn't do as much as I should have. But if I'm really loving someone, I'm not going to be afraid of their response. The Lord told Ezekiel in the Old Testament, he said, I'm going to send you with a message for the house of Israel, and don't fear the look on their faces. And I've learned to not fear the look on people's faces while I'm ministering because I've had some crazy looks in the crowd. I've said some stuff. I've, I've, I kid you not, I've said stuff and people have stood up and walked out. And I wasn't, point, I wasn't directing it at them. I'm like, you just did that and didn't come back. Now I know what you're struggling with. <laughs> I didn't know that was about you, but now I know. I've preached messages before and people, they didn't walk out during the message, but they didn't come back anymore. And you guys know me. As a pastor, I'm just not hellfire and brimstone. I'm not. I talk about heaven and hell. I talk about sin and right and wrong. But I just don't come across as just a hard nose and, like, sending people to hell and stuff. I don't. But I love people enough to tell them the truth. I do. I love people enough to tell them the truth. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. But I've learned to look past the look on their faces, and so should you. I told a guy one time, and this is a little radical, right? I said, according to strict Scripture, did you know that Jesus is going to return? And he, he laughed in my face. I'll never forget this. And then I said, you've never heard of that? And he just laughed at me some more. And he goes, I go to church. But that's basically said that's ridiculous. I was a teenager at the time. And I'm like, man, you don't. He laughed. I'll never forget that. I'm not mad at him. I don't even know who he was completely. I don't remember his name. I kind of knew him. But man, can you imagine if I said, they may look at me differently if I share my faith. Well, they're just going to have to look at me differently. They're just going to have to. And I, there are those, I have people in my life that they don't have much to do with me. Even if they like me or treat me kindly, they don't have much to do with me because of what I represent. And that's okay. you got to go back to loving genuinely. So point one tonight, how to win at winning souls. Love them genuinely. Love genuinely. They can tell if you're faking it. They can tell if you love them. But if you tell people the truth, there will be a lot of people. Most people will respect you for telling them the truth, even if they never buy into it completely, even if they never accept Jesus in your lifetime or never come with you to church. They're going to respect you for telling them the truth. And they'll be the ones that go, you know what? Pray for me. You know what? Pray for. I've had people tell me that. Pray for me, man. I know, I know you pray, so pray for me. I knew a guy years ago. He, he was up and away from God, and he was back and forth. And he used to tell me, you know what? Pray for me. I trust that you really will pray for me. And he came back to God and stayed serving God. And he, he used to tell me, man, I know you love me. I know you prayed for me. And here I am now serving God. And I'll never forget that. People know if you love genuinely. That's, that's one of the first ways you win someone to Jesus. They know you love them. They don't care about what you know. You can quote all the scriptures in the world to them. There's those, you can quote scriptures and, and kick the beer can out of their hand and, and say, man, what is that tattoo you got there? Is that a demonic tattoo? I mean, poor soul, right? I've known people that had some really demonic tattoos, a demon or some crazy thing. Man, they probably already know. They just want to know if you love them. They don't want to know how much you know. Just want to know if you love them, okay? So love genuinely. Number two tonight. This is very basic, very simple. Pray. Pray. And pray fervently. Let's go to Matthew 9.35. Look at this. Matthew 9.35. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and what? Announcing the good news about the kingdom. So he's, he's speaking the good news. He's sharing the gospel. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. Next verse. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, it's big, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest, ask him to send more workers into his fields. Why is this important to us? Well, because there's some people that aren't going to listen to me. And there's some people that aren't going to listen to you, or vice versa. Or some that are going to only listen to you, or only listen to me. But if their heart's softening, there's always somebody they will listen to. And I used to hear my mom pray this prayer a lot. She'd say, Lord, send laborers, send people across their path to tell them about Jesus. And so Jesus himself is saying, pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. What does that mean? Send more people out to speak the truth, and speak the gospel. So pray fervently that God send more laborers and pray also that he sends you to people and that he send people to you. Are you with me? Workers, you to people and people to you. Let's say it again. Workers, you to people and people to you. Ask him for opportunities, ask him for moments, ask him for people to talk to. And I promise he'll he'll always supply it. He'll always supply the right people to talk to at the right time. And sometimes you say, man, I didn't have time. You gave him a track, or you gave him a card and said, hey, man, come check us out at church. Frank and I have been working on a, uh, I'm not going to give you too many details, but God has, God has been having us to work on a couple people together. And it's been fun. I feel like we're professional wrestlers, and we're tagging in and out. It's just pretty cool. But we, we had somebody come to church Sunday we've been working on, and, and man, I <laughs> almost jumped out of my seat. I told my wife, and my wife is like, because I, I don't know, I don't have a whispering voice. I don't have an inside voice. I'm all, baby, the guy I told you about, man, he's here, you know, Sunday morning. Praise God, he came. And he told me and Frank about it. He said, man, I was there. And, and and he says, I don't know if I got much out of it. I was distracted. He's so honest that he's kind of shocking. <laughs> But then he quoted something, he goes, I don't know if I dreamed it, but did the pastor say this? And he said something, I go, yeah, the pastor did say that. You were catching information from Sunday morning. I I said, I know he said that because I repeated it, I translated it for him. So yeah, he said that. But God's working in this guy's life, and you should see, he has such a hardcore background. But you should see, he's listening like this at Bible study. He's intent, he's all ears. Not as much ears as me, but he's all ears. He's listening, all right? And he knows that we love him. And I've been praying for him. Okay? So ask God to send laborers across people's Path, Ask God to send you to people. And ask God to send people to you. Because there will be people that show up and go, man, would you pray for me? I, I'm losing it. They will. They know you go to church. You'd be surprised the opportunities you have. Like, you go to church, don't you? Or they, they've heard you talking before. And I want to say this. When you share your faith, it opens a door for other opportunities to share your faith. Because people talk. They say, man, I, I'm not serving God, but I know somebody who is, and they'll, you should talk to him or her. They'll pray with you. Okay. So pray. Always pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Let's, let's read that verse again, that verse 38. Of, there it is. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Ask him. That's interesting, huh? To send more workers into his fields so that's us and that's people we recruit and say hey man come on share your faith man you've accepted Jesus now tell somebody about it I mentioned this last week even introverts even quiet folk or people who are not you can be loud and be an introvert as well right but you you say man I just don't recharge being around people even introverts people who do not prefer crowds they affect 10,000 people in their lifetime 10,000 people that's huge that means you meet somebody at the grocery store. You honk at them in traffic. You wave at somebody. You remember their name or you forget their name. <laughs> you invite them to church. You take something to your neighbor. You receive something from your neighbor. You meet someone. You get to know them. You affect ten. Wow, even as an introvert, you can affect up to 10,000 people in your lifetime. So pray that God give you the right connections at the right time with people, okay? Pray. Number three. Number three, seize the moment. Every moment is important. Every single moment is important. Let's go to Ephesians 5.15. Ephesians 5.15, I love this text. So be careful how you live. <laughs> the Apostle Paul doesn't pull any punches here. He says, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days how many people are lying on their deathbed going man I should have gone to church man I should have I should have told him I loved him I should have told her I loved her I should, have, I should have forgiven how many people are older and full of regrets how many people seize the moment look for opportunities to share your faith look always be looking look for opportunities to love people to pray for them to invite them to church to tell them about Jesus look for opportunities to just be kind to someone you're called to it. You're called to it. You say, man, I'm not much of a talker, man, especially the strangers. Then just be nice to them. Open a door for them. Be kind. Be loving. People see the light in your eyes. People see the glow on your face. Seize the moment. Every moment matters. Did you know we're nothing without our memories? Have you noticed that? We're only a, a small fraction of who we are without our memories. And your memories are made up of what? They're made up of Moments. I wonder how many hundreds of moments I have of my mom. She's already in heaven. Or my, my granddads. I loved both of my granddads, but I was closer to another one, uh, one or just one of them. I was closer to my grandpa Treadwell. I loved them both. I love both of my grandmas, but I have all these moments and memories with all four of them. And that, all fond memories. But I have all these moments and memories of my grandpa Treadwell and things he told me and scripture he shared with me. He was my dad's mentor. And things he told me and things he taught me and stories he told me and quotes he gave me that I still repeat and I tell my wife and I tell other people and I mention them in sermons. They're moments. Moments matter. You've got to seize the moment. You've got to seize the moment. Grab a hold of it and love the moment. It's powerful. Every moment is powerful. You say, man, how? Because it's full of potential. It's full of something great. You say, man, even this this bad moment, yeah, even tough moments are opportunities. They are. Obstacles are opportunities. And in seizing the moment, I want to challenge you with something. You want to be really good at life? Figure out what your one thing is. Figure out what your one thing is. I read part of a book about that, and I haven't finished it yet. But this guy said, I had so much success in business, he said, but after a while I realized that there's a lot of failure attached to trying to focus on too much. So he said, man, what can I do? Well, how about putting God first? He said, man, I put God first. Well, that's enough. Find your thing. And beyond that, you find your one thing and you develop your gift, but putting God first, that should be your thing, man. And part of putting God first is sharing your faith. What is my thing? Lately, God's been laying it on my heart the past two months. Is our thing here? My one thing, man, needs to be souls. It needs to be lives. It needs to be the importance of someone making heaven. I'm going to go to heaven and take as many people with me as I can. you got to do the same. What's my one thing, man? My one thing, I believe, after putting God first, and this ties into putting God first, is People is people in their lives and the effect I can have on their lives and in their lives, okay? So seize the moment. Hold on to it. Man, your memories, your lives are made up of moments. Made up of moments. One, I, one thing I, I remember my mom saying, and I, I can't remember all the situations where she said, but usually it was when I was in trouble, and it was, yeah, usually when I was in trouble, she'd say, hide and watch. You ever heard that saying? She'd say, you're gonna get it. You just hide and watch. And I so one time I tried it, I hid and I watched. I was I was like five. I hid behind. I remember I was at a rock, I was behind a rocking chair at grandma's and I said, I'm gonna hide and watch because I knew what was coming. I was and I don't even know what I was gonna get in trouble for, but I was creative. (laughs) I was creative. I wasn't mean, I wasn't mean or hateful as a kid, but I was mischievous. All right? I had a creative mind for just doing crazy stuff sometimes and getting in trouble. and Ma- That was one of mom's sayings, and that's one of the moments I have with her. is She told me that a few times in life. She said, babe, you just hide and watch. Hide <laughs> and watch. I also have memories of mom cooking. I have memories of mom cooking and what the kitchen smelled like when we lived on the south side. These special memories. But it's not just this blanket all at once. It's a moment. It's one moment. It's two moments. It's three moments. So seize the moment. Okay? Seize the moment in telling somebody about Jesus. Seize the moment in loving someone. Seize the moment in being a friend to someone. Man, people, many times, they just want somebody that will listen to them. We figured that out in Connect Group. We've, We've had so much fun with that, listening to each other. I'll share the word and then we talk and we listen to each other and it's so powerful and we seize the moment every week and we seize the moment here on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings but seize the moment throughout the day, seize the moments and take a hold of the moment and you say man it's time that I invite them to church, it's time that I just really love on them, speak the truth to them look at number four, how to win at winning souls don't stop, don't stop Let it become a habit to you, your thing, your practice. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3.13. 2 Thessalonians 3.13. I like this. Look at what this says. And it says it in two different different texts here. I'm going to share both of them with you. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Quick, first thing that comes to mind. What is doing good? What's an example of doing good? Helping someone somehow. What's another example of doing good? I know some of y'all are like, man, I don't speak out in class. Somebody say something? Being kind. How can you do good? What's another example? What's another example of doing good? Being honest. (laughs) Telling the truth. I wasn't expecting that one. That's a great answer. Anything else? How else can I do good? God's work. Mm-hmm. What is God's work? We're back to that again. Thank you, Barry. We're back to serve, serve somehow, help somebody somehow, help at church, help in the community. But tell somebody about Jesus. Share your faith. Invite them to church. What else? Anything else? How do? How, what else can I do that's good? What What else is doing good? Yeah. What What else is beneficial Any Anything that's beneficial, anything that is not harmful. That's a broad statement, but that's a good answer. Yeah. Anything that is not harmful. If it's beneficial to them, to folks, or to you, do it. Do it. You ever gone to Starbucks and somebody had paid for your drink in front of you? That's pretty cool, huh? They've done that to us. I went up with shaking and trembling going, okay, we're going to pay for the one behind us. Oh, don't let it be a whole busload of kids, right? (laughs) Oh, Oh, God bless them, man. Pay it forward, you know? Oh, man. Okay, good, good, man. That's great. What else is doing good? One one or two more. I think this is a good deed. Yes, yes, ma'am. Loving on someone. Loving on someone. someone mm-hmm. Yeah, hug someone who's crying. Or just be there. Just be there. I, I feel like this is doing good. I don't know how many of y'all love dogs in here or like dogs or even care. Some are like, I don't even like dogs, and that's fine that's fine, not, every, not everybody likes cats, right, or ferrets, or rats, or mice, there's, or snakes, but I, what I like to do is when I have the opportunity, if there's dogs running around our neighborhood, and they have collars on, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like help the owners get these dogs, you know, th- we had some huskies a few weeks back that were running up and down the street, and I, I didn't actually end up helping but I tried. <laughs> okay. I went to the wrong house early on a Sunday morning and woke up the wrong person. I was trying to do what was right, though, I promise. I saw these huskies, and then I was like, I saw some guys asking about a husky the other day, and they parked here, I came and knocked on the door, and a woman came to the door. It's like 7.30 in the morning on a Sunday. I'm all, do you have huskies? She's all, no, why? And I go, man, I'm sorry. I thought you had huskies. Have a great day. Hey, join us at church this morning, right? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was so shocked that I had the wrong house. But I tried. Don't get tired of doing good. Why would that verse be there? Because we do. We get tired of doing what's right sometimes. It's Like, man, I know this is right, but I'm sick of it. Let's go to Galatians 6-9. I'm just tired. I know. We, we do. We get tired of doing good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we what? If we don't give up. One translation says, don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap. Okay? Keep doing what's right. Keep doing what's good. And that's, I'm relating that to sharing your faith tonight. One last thing. A quote. I ran into it today. I used it in a sermon, I think, a couple of years ago. Those you would change, you must first love. Sometimes we're so worried about people changing, but are we really loving them? Think about that tonight. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's pray together. Father, I give you glory for tonight. I thank you for the word that was spoken, Lord, even through this imperfect human vessel, Lord God. As your messenger, I quoted scripture. I spoke the truth of your word, Lord, and I know that your word, it will never return to you void. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your word fell on good ground tonight. And I pray that your word is piercing our hearts and convicting us and touching us and working in our lives. Now, Father, I pray it again. Send laborers out, God. Send laborers across people's path to speak to them about Jesus and love them and serve them and bless them and get them into the kingdom of heaven. But God, send people to us and send us to people tonight. Is there anybody in this house who says, man, I've been praying for someone. I I really want them to come to know the Lord. Would you raise your hand tonight? Let's pray together. Let's agree. He said, man, I've been praying for someone. They are not, I want y'all to remember this. Thank you for raising your hands. They are not impossible. With God, all things shall be possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's agree tonight. Father, for those people who have not accepted Jesus yet, they have not come into the kingdom of God yet, God, we speak life, we speak hope, and we speak truth over them, and we thank you they're getting to know you, God, either through us or another laborer or another worker that you're sending into the harvest. And I thank you tonight, Father, that you've heard us. I thank you tonight, Father, that they're coming to you, and I thank you, Lord God, that there is a miracle being worked right now in those lives that we are believing for. God, I have a few... I have a few in my mind as well, Lord. Bring them to you in Jesus' name. Bring them to you. I've prayed for them for years. Save them. Call them home to you, God, and let them respond. Convict them. Wake them up. Wake them up. We agree tonight, God. And we call forth. We call forth the souls. The souls in our lives. The souls around us. The people around us. God, that we have influence with and sway with and pull with, Lord, that they would hear us. But more importantly, they would hear your voice through us or through others. We agree right now, Father. We agree in Jesus' name. I don't know who this is for, but I feel like it being narrowed down in my mind. I feel like God is giving me this. There's somebody in here who's been praying for a very close relative. I feel like it's a brother or a sister. And God wants you to know that they're going to come in. They're going to come in and they will be saved. I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, but they are going to be saved. In Jesus' name. You've prayed for them. You've worried about them. You've travailed for them. You've talked to them. You've given them books. You've, you've tagged them in Facebook Christian Facebook posts. You've tried everything. You've invited them to church. You say, man, they're just, they just seem impossible. God is speaking to you right now. It's a sibling I believe that it's a sibling. It's someone really close to you and they're getting to know the Lord by faith. You just believe it now. You just praise God and you know who you are. You know who you are and your miracle is on its way. Don't you give up on them. Just praise them into the kingdom because God's hand is on them. They're going to get right with him. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to watch it and you're going to be glad in Jesus' name. This is more of a general word. I believe there's several Several of us in here believing for things that have seemed impossible or things that are big and daunting and things we've waited on. God is answering your prayer. God is answering your prayers. So don't be tired of doing good. You just keep sowing and reaping. You just keep sowing and reaping. You keep seeking God. You keep working in the harvest as you pray and, and wait for your miracles and wait for the answers to your prayers. You just keep inviting people to church and loving people and keep doing what's right. I've seen people say, man, God didn't answer my prayers, so I'm, just, I'm giving it all up. No, that's not you, and that's not me. Keep moving forward. Keep seeking God. He's going to answer your prayers in due time. He's taking care of it right now. He's working on it, but more importantly, he's working on you and in you. In the waiting, in the season of waiting, he's working in your life. Father, we thank you tonight. We believe, Lord, for miracles. We believe that you're doing things in our lives. You're doing things in the lives of the people around us. And God, you're going to have your way with us. Use us as you choose as we surrender and submit our wills to you, God. Use us in those areas we say, man, I don't even know about that. I know I have a gift in that area. Let God develop it. Let him develop it. Go ahead. Let him develop it. Don't be ashamed. Don't fight against him. Let him develop the gift that is in you, whatever it is. Just talk to God for a moment now. Think about all that's been said. Think about what God's speaking to you, what you've prayed for, what you are believing God for, what he's spoken to you about tonight. Just, just listen for God's voice tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Speak to your people, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. I don't know who this is for, but don't you dare believe that God has not heard your prayer just because you don't feel like you've gotten a response yet. God hears everything you say to him. And if you've prayed according to his will, he's bringing the answer. It's on its way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're working in our lives like never before. You're going to fill this house. English and Spanish services. You said in your word to compel them, to urge people, to convince them so that your house would be full, God. We're going to reach out and we're going to love people, God. We commit tonight. We're going to love people. You're going to give us opportunities and we're going to make the most of those opportunities. We are going to seize the moment and seize the day, God. Thank you, Father.